I'm Kim. I'm Megs. Welcome to the At Woods End podcast. <laughs> We're recording. <laughs> no, it's not the same. <laughs> Why are we here? What have I done? Who am I? <laughs> Who am I? I only show. Do you ever say idiot not in the Dwight Schrute voice? Salsa. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, is that even a word? Welcome back to the Atwood's End podcast. I'm Kim. And I'm Megs. And today's episode is going to feel a lot like our very first episode because we're just kind of sitting down to really chat about, I guess, like all sorts of things today. Two weeks ago, we had our very belated launch party, which, side note, thank you to everyone who purchased tickets to support us, came to hang out with us and like eat and drink and whatever. We had so much fun catching up and just like chatting about the podcast with everyone. It was just honestly... After, after the last two years, it was just nice to, like, have a group of people together and, like, do something like that. And it definitely made us feel like we're not just two crazy people yelling into mics. <laughs> we're two crazy people yelling into mics and a few people actually listen to us. Yeah, so really, really the biggest thank yous, you know, to everyone who, who came to hang and, and, you know, at the launch party. So we had set up a table with a few different questions on it that we wanted to hear back from our listeners. And so one of them was for recommendations for guests. And you can just guess how many people put themselves. The rule always is, is <laughs> everybody. That, yeah, you have to give us a, a good reason why. So we do have a few good ideas for that. And then one of them was for potential idea episodes. So we got lots of really good ones there. And then finally, the last one was a kind of asks, ask us anything. Today, we're basically just going to go through all of those questions and like try to answer as many of them as we can. I don't know about you, but I was pretty pleasantly surprised with how many people actually left us questions <laughs> and some really good questions. You've all made it super easy for us and I'm excited to actually get into them because I haven't actually read, like I've skimmed them, but I haven't actually like read them all in depth yet. So I'm excited. Yeah, so you guys basically made the, this episode super easy for us, so we're going to get to it. Like Kim said, we've kind of like skimmed through the questions, but we have them in these like little paint cans. So I'm just going to kind of pull them out as we keep going just to keep things more exciting. I'm also going to be doing my announcer voice because I have all the questions <laughs> here. <laughs> and so then that kind of, yes. So here we go. You ready? What would you do if you had a different job? <laughs> Okay, I mean, like, realistic answer, if I wasn't freelancing, I think I'd probably be working at some sort of PR or, like, marketing agency doing maybe similar work. That's I feel not like maybe different, more like... Kim. It has to be different. Okay, no, I'm not... Hey, I'm not done <laughs> with my answer. And I don't really do PR. I was going to say I would probably be doing more events, marketing, and stuff like that because that's definitely some a different side of kind of similar to what I do right now that I don't get to do. But if we're talking like, what would I do if money was no object? I'd love to have a bakery, but not like a stressful one. <laughs> Just one. Whenever no, I feel listen. like it's a baker. One where I could, yeah, no, literally like one where I could pop it and just like sell some cookies but like also maybe on a random Tuesday we're just close because I didn't feel like baking that day basically if I was Jeff Bezos rich I would have a really inconsistent bakery where you could maybe 80% of the time snag some really good cookies and that would be what I would be doing if I wasn't doing what I'm doing now I love it I love it okay so on the same I guess mine's more like if there's any chance in hell that I'd actually get through to it but I'd love to source and select music for films because I listen to just so much 
random music and my entire life in my head when I'm listening to a song I'm like this would be perfect enter from the right oh that's a really good answer yeah I really you know and I'm still (laughs) hoping maybe in my like early 40s I'll just do a complete shift and we're going to Hollywood Tilo that's just (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah that's always I know I love that and I appreciate a good tv show with there is there's certain tv shows that i have playlists for on my like apple music because the show curated such like excellent music yeah. like gray's anatomy is one of them like one tree hill was another one that had really gr- good music the gilmore mm-hmm. girls had really good music Interesting. okay i like a lot of quentin tarantino's apparently all the music that he uses is from his own record library which like ugh, what a flex but yeah very cool okay next question who is your dream guest Okay. This is a hard one because there's like so many people I would love to talk to. I feel like speaking of Winter Hill, Sophia Bush would make a great guest. Oh, her like, that raspy I really... voice. Yeah. Uh, I know. And like, I love her podcast, Work in Progress, so, yeah, which also like if anyone's looking for a good podcast, that's that a really, really great one. Uh, yeah. Listen to us <laughs> first, but then also listen to <laughs> Sophia Bush. Podcast Work in Progress is, I think it would just like make a really good episode to talk to her about like her advocacy work and just like making a difference and this constant learning journey that I think is a mentality that like you and I share and try Mm -hmm. to bring to this podcast as well and it's something that she has although obviously she has like a budget to be having Gloria Steinem as like a podcast guest so like it's a little bit of a different scale I feel like she would be someone yeah she'd be someone who'd be really interesting to talk to for a similar reason David Attenborough would make a pretty bomb guest yeah yeah on my Um, my short list and then yeah, and then if we're talking just, like, you know, shortlist general famous people that I would love to just chat with topics aside, wouldn't say no to Dolly Parton or Harry Styles coming on the show. Okay. All right. I'm into – I say yes. We reach out to all of them. For me, it's Martha Stewart and her gardener, Ryan McAllister. Mm-hmm. I would just I knew love that. to talk about <laughs> how she did it and, and that rise, and she would probably be the least edited person ever to appear on this show because she has the most excellent I'm, – I'm literally trying to mimic the way that she she's able to speak on TV, even on her her Instagram stories, which like, as we've mentioned before, her Instagram is a hot mess in the, the best way possible. <laughs> and actually, I, I will add one more. I wouldn't mind having Dan Dan Levy on the show. Uh, we've been oh, watching love Dan Levy. the Great Canadian Baking Show, which is why I've made focaccia and brioche donuts with coffee oh cream. I'm also watching the Real Canadian Stop. Baking which episode, Show which right now. Which season are you on? Oh, the first one Me right too. Now. Okay, what episode are you on? I'm on the fi- like finale. This- Oh, I'm on the second episode. Like, I just, I literally just started it yesterday. That's so funny. That's crazy. So yesterday, Tila was like, text Kim. She should be watching this. She should be on this. And then I said, no, Kim's busy at night. I'll, I'll talk to her tomorrow and I'll tell her to watch it. Oh my God. No, that's funny. I started watching it yesterday, but it's like very, because I watched the Great British Bake Off and like the Canadian one is like literally formatted to be a direct copy of the British Bake Off. Okay. Can get plug for British Bake Off. If you want to watch it, you can download the CBC Gems app and all the seasons are on there for free. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. So like also great, but like the Canadian one is based off of even the theme songs the same, which also side note, the <laughs> theme song for the great Canadian and great British Bake Off is My Alarm Clock. <laughs> oh, I love that. Okay. I, okay. Side, side note. I remember a friend of mine in university having this song as her alarm clock. 
and I've never been able to find what that song was. And then I heard it at the grocery store and I was running around like a crazy person with Siri trying to get her to identify the song. But I guess it was just <laughs> not loud enough. And I just it was not. I'm still looking for that I'm song. Like, so that's funny. OK. Yeah. Though the British Bake Off is my alarm clock and the Antiques Roadshow theme song. The British Antiques yeah. Roadshow theme song. My ringtone. Oh, I love it. That's that's very you. OK. Next question. If animals could talk, which would be the rudest? Obviously, it's zebras, I think, in my mind. Um, zebras really? are assholes. Zebras are assholes. I worked at African Lion Safari for a bit, and the zebras were the most problematic. They just, like, start shit with other animals. They start shit with themselves. They'll literally kick out members, <laughs> and they'd probably be the Karen of the animal world I interesting think. i would not have thought that i my answer to this would be i mean the obvious answer is geese because <laughs> i feel like they're already yeah they're already just super rude my second place i would say those monkeys that you find in like sanctuaries in thailand because they don't understand boundaries and my my third Excuse place <laughs> yeah and like they just don't understand no and then my third place would be kittens not cats specifically kittens because that they can be real assholes i think you need to spend time with more kittens (laughs) (laughs) what kitten hurt you (laughs) that is the most (laughs) i like kittens i'm just saying i think no i do i just think there can be kind of rude yeah they can be a little bit rude they don't know any better they're young but they can be kind of rude all right very good i stand by my answer the five-year goal for this podcast Oh. Honestly, I have no idea. I would be really proud of us, in all honesty, if we were still recording this, like, consistently every two weeks, every month, five years from now. Because, like, so much can change in five years. I suppose general five-year goal would be, obviously, it would be nice to have more people listening. Truthfully, I've always felt that this podcast was more of a personal project, in a sense. I haven't given a ton of thought to like growth in terms of like how can we get more listeners or like how can we like Mm -hmm. obviously the more people that listen them it's so exciting when new people listen or when people say that they've listened to an episode or enjoyed an episode yeah i also just love that we have these conversations recorded in like kind of a selfish way because i think it's something to look back on maybe five years from now and be like oh my god remember when we thought that or i can't believe i felt that way and it's so cool that we have these conversations recorded now because can you just imagine us being 65 and <laughs> listening to these and being like morons <laughs> no it's a, that's literally my sister had like an argument for why social media is great and it's because you have this now like living memory or i guess digital memory of of your life and and what you were like and the way you were posting and what you wanted to keep and stuff so i think that's very much like how this podcast will be too i said something different mm-hmm. i would have i would love to be an eventually picked up by a larger media agency to kind of handle everything for us like it'd be really cool if all we had to do was record and yeah, i'd love to hit top 10 in a category that would be you know to actually have like a good amount of listeners i think i think growth really that would be not a goal that i'm actively working towards but just one that i hope we stumble if we upon. stumbled across yeah. yeah yeah no i totally agree i feel like i feel the same like it would be so awesome to have like all of a sudden way more people listening to this but in terms of my own fulfillment i'm like so content with the fact that we just have these conversations and are able to like 
have this outlet, I guess, Mm -hmm. for ourselves. And everything else just feels kind of bonus, which I honestly feel like is like the healthiest mentality for these side projects to have. Yeah. Okay. Oh, this actually ties in. Why did you do a podcast? I mean, for me, this kind of goes back to the summer when we were in Europe together. At the time, I was just really inspired by a lot of the conversations that we were having and and how we were kind of teaching each other different things. And in the end, I really wanted to challenge myself, I guess, creatively. And I like to talk. So why not make people listen? You know, force people into (laughs) listening, you know? (laughs) I feel like it had been something that you'd been suggesting for a couple of years. And to a certain extent, it was kind of your your initial vision and we had kind of talked about what it would look like maybe like what kind of conversations we would have but then I think it was the pandemic for me that really gave me a need for something right that broke up my work life and home life because you know I didn't have the social aspect anymore to like go out and do things in the evening so I really felt like I was stuck in this cycle of working all day and then like going and sitting on the couch and watching movies until I went to bed because there was nothing to do and so like we kind of I think came back around to this podcast idea that we'd been playing with for like a couple of years mm-hmm. and was like, no, this is the, this is the time to yeah. like do this. It gives us something to work on and research and just more of a purpose outside of work. When I feel, I feel like everyone can kind of relate to the fact that everyone felt kind of lost <laughs> yeah, during those did. lockdown yeah. times. So yeah, I feel like that was, I it was the desire to just like have a creative outlet that didn't necessarily need to be tied to work. Yeah, well, that's good. How do you come up with episode ideas and philomaths for that matter? I mean, we we really got a head start for episodes and sometimes as I'm going to bed, one will just come to me or like a, there's a real experience that inspires an episode idea. I feel like we have notes in our phone and we're always, oh, I read this or I saw this, you know, why don't we turn this into an episode? And then for philomaths, for me, my film maths usually come from when I'm working and I'm reading and researching, then I'll stumble upon something, especially when I read something and I'm like, oh, that's such a random and I'm like, oh, perfect for the film math, right? Things that I find are like, oh, okay, cool. Never heard of this or didn't know this. And there's a chance that most people haven't either, right? And so then that's that's on my end of things. Yeah, like I feel like a lot of our episode ideas come from just actual conversations that we have just the two of us and it's kind of turned into something where we thought we could dive deeper into this topic or that idea and that's kind of how we've come up with a lot of these episode ideas. We mostly just keep a running list of concepts that we feel would be fun to like chat about and then bank them for when we need inspiration or you know I have a big list on my computer of just upcoming episode ideas and we kind of decide what we feel like talking about week to week and build it that way. Like, it's funny because now a lot of the time I find when, like, we're texting or, like, on FaceTime or something, we'll be like, shut up, wait, I have to tell you this, like, when we're recording, like, I can't spoil (laughs) this conversation. And it's changed the way that we interact with each other a little bit because now we save some of these conversations that we would have normally just been having, like, privately and making them more public by bringing them on here. With Philomaths, I'd say, for the most part, you're more the mastermind than I am, but I tend to go for ones that I stumble across as well. Or if I'm, like, writing an episode, sometimes I'll specifically, like, seek out a story that fits whatever we're talking about. I've learned some cool things doing it that way. The fake dictionary entries that we oh, yes. talked about in our words, words episode, episode was, yeah. like, by total... A- total accident that I came across it I just was looking for something about words and meaning and like misinterpretations and stuff like that and after kind of digging around for ages I stumbled across like I think a New Yorker article or something like that 
about it and it worked super well. So that's kind of how I found that out. But it, it depends. The Cornflakes one was just a book I was reading. I feel like a lot of yours comes from books. It's it's usually like, I'm reading this mm-hmm. book right now. And it's like your, yeah. your range of books that you read are, is quite Very large. diverse. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> What's something you failed at? Ooh. I was about to say I have trouble coming up with something for this but like I don't mean that in the sense that I've I mean I fail at a lot of things but like oh I don't know snowboarding I failed at snowboarding <laughs> and I don't plan on revisiting it no, I, I think find. I think snowboarding is a good one I think yeah. our core personalities though tend to I was a little like pulling this one out like as I read it I, I immediately thought like this is going to be an interesting one for the both of us because it's we don't really have like fail attitudes. Usually if we fail at something, there is a lot of drive to continue going. I totally agree. I definitely, there's a lot of things. Again, like I feel like you and I both try a lot of new things all the time. So there's a, a lot of like instances where I was like, oh, that didn't, I'm, we tried to make little wooden, do you remember those little wooden sculptures? Oh, yeah, that, that were Yeah, for heat, the Christmas. Heat. Yeah. Yeah. They're like little uh, ornaments we tried to make last year that like were, they moved and it was based off of heat. You lit a candle underneath it and it like warmed it and the current from the heat would like make these little ornaments move. I don't think either of ours worked, but I still don't consider that a failure. Oh no, I got, mine. I got I got mine to do a, a light a light spin in the end. I ended up revisiting it a couple of days after and I got it to work finally because I used math. <laughs> I'm currently failing at my plant wall. Well, already almost a year ago, I had my husband kind of create this enormous frame with wire like a wire grid in it and I wanted to have like a living plant wall and it's really become a point of frustration for me I really feel like I'm failing at it because I know plants I like to problem solve but it's really been a major challenge understanding what is needed and then how to implement it so currently failing but I hope to rectify the plant wall and eventually have the plant wall because I'm at you the point will. where I want to throw it out the house, but it's like six feet by like four feet. So it's, it's quite big. So, okay. Next question. Let's get out of this one. <laughs> Go to Uber Eats slash skip the dishes order. So for me in KW, there's a sushi place called Kinkazu. I think it's in downtown Kitchener actually. And Ooh, they it have, is in downtown Kitchener. It's amazing. They make really good cheese wontons yeah they make good everything so they have a steak teriyaki like bento box and it comes with a miso soup salad six california rolls various tempura salmon sushi and then the teriyaki and i could probably eat that daily i yep i'm sure i could (laughs) mine's dependent on my mood like i would say my typical go-to's for like standard takeout orders would be either shawarma or indian food i do love a burrito if I'm in the mood for it, um, and if I'm hungover, it's probably McDonald's while I'm lying sad on my couch. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Have you guys ever gotten into a fight? What's the closest you've ever been to one? No. I don't know. I don't think I've ever been mad at you. <laughs> or even, like, annoyed by you. <laughs> I, I hear that okay, too. Okay, <laughs> just... Does this, does this question, what's the closest you've ever been to one, is that, I'm assuming, is that still with each other? Because I still, like, I can think of, in my general life, I don't even think I've been in, like, a fight with anybody. That's really, I get into a fight at least two times daily. If it's between the cat, or my husband, (laughs) or the baby. No, like, (laughs) 
I don't know, I'm terrible in conflict and just want to make peace again with if I feel like someone's mad or like annoyed. So like it's just a situation I try to avoid. I feel like I'm more the person that'll like step back and be like, hey, is this situation even like worth me being annoyed about? And if it's not, then I move on. And if it is, I usually just like let that person go for my life. Okay, I would say that probably when the closest is when you didn't watch How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. That was almost a legitimate <laughs> fight. <laughs> but other than, I'm trying to think like the closest we've ever been to having any kind of friction. I'm Mm-mm. like vaguely remember something like many years ago over like not responding to texts, but I don't remember who was mad at who or if that was even more than like a, hey, you should try to respond to your texts better. And then it's probably that was probably me. No, that was probably I was me. Just, I was really like, oh. we're both really bad. So I can't. Oh, I can't. yeah. <laughs> so. I don't know. Do it. Like, I remember this one time in elementary school, someone that like was my friend at the time was being mean to me <laughs> and wouldn't let me like, hang out with everyone at recess. And one day I called her on the phone and was like why are you treating me poorly and I remember getting off the phone she didn't take it well and being like oh my god this is like too much adrenaline like cannot deal with this level of beef this is too much because I just remember getting off the phone all I did was very vaguely stand up for myself and my heart was pounding don't worry can you call me I have no problem getting into a physical emotional or spiritual altercation with anybody spiritual a spiritual fight with somebody I'll just say I appreciate that yeah no problem I got you okay okay were you guys always close or has the podcast made you closer I mean, yes, we've always been, well, I feel like ever since we met each other, we've been like good friends. We've definitely become closer in the last, I'd say like four or five years. I don't necessarily think the podcast made us closer. Like, do you feel like when we started this podcast, we were as close really as Mm -hmm. we are Mm -hmm. now? But I think that the podcast is like an indication of just like where, you know, we have similar interests and just like shared hobbies the things that we're like, I don't know, like learning about and like wanting to experience or like the way we're approaching things in like life right now are very similar. And that the podcast is a very good indication of why we're close, if that makes sense. But I don't think the podcast necessarily brought us closer. Yeah, exactly. I would say like, we've always had a really good relationship. And I think there was a point where the friendship started to evolve to what it is now. I think for me, a big turning point was... Well, I mean, like, we were, like, those friends, like, we didn't need to see each other very often to be really close and to be able to chat openly and stuff. But when I started freelancing full-time and Kim became my mentor, that, for me, changed. You know, we had, like, leisure talk and then we had business talk. And then the (laughs) podcast now has created, like, this new layer of kind of understanding where, yeah, like, what you had said before, we don't say certain things to each other now because we save it for the podcast. And it kind of creates this... More, more of a structure, I guess. I don't know, but yeah, I, yeah. I say, I say, yeah, we were always, we were always close, and and we've always, but we've gotten to know each other better now, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and I think that the podcast also just created like some of these conversations that we would have been having on FaceTime or when we're hanging out, we're maybe going deeper with because of the podcast. Yeah. Like we maybe wouldn't explore it so much. So like I definitely do think the podcast has taught us things about each other that just we maybe just would never, it would never have come up these questions had we not been like writing a podcast episode yeah, and like exactly. needed to explore uh, yeah. these topics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. Okay. If you had to eat one thing for the rest of your lives, what would it be and why? 
for me, that's sushi. And because I don't think I could ever get sick of it. And there are so many different options. And it's the best ever. And sushi's the best. Hashtag sushi. <laughs> I feel like this. I feel like this goes back to our death row discussion in our food episode, <laughs> which mine is still this garlic butter linguine pasta that was seafood that my mom makes. And like, truthfully, I'm gonna be honest. It's my brother's birthday this weekend, and I managed to plant the idea in his head that that's what he wants for his birthday dinner. Yeah, and I'm it's pretty. <laughs> yeah, like I'm pretty pleased with myself because the thing is, is it was it was my granny's birthday last last weekend and my mom called her and was like what do you want for your birthday lunch and she was like lasagna and so my mom was like okay I'll make lasagna and then she went to my brother and she was like what do you want for your birthday lunch which is this weekend and my brother was like lasagna and my mom was like we cannot have lasagna like two weekends okay, hold on. straight how, how good is this lasagna if two separate generational members of the family chose lasagna <laughs> oh, it's, Janice if it's, you're listening I want that for my birthday it's in two weeks <laughs> It is very good lasagna, and I will I will make some and bring some to you one time. My birthday. They, <laughs> yes. So, anyways, we were like, we can't have lasagna twice, and I was like, hmm, you know what would be really good? You probably want that like seafood linguine. And my brother was like, oh my god, yeah, that's so good. I was like, yeah, it is. You want that for your birthday? Actually, speaking of siblings, one of the podcast idea or topic ideas that we got was to bring our siblings onto the show. And we'd love to hear some feedback of whether or not people would be interested in meeting Kim's brother, Ian, and my sisters, Monica and Martina. So we'll maybe make that happen if the people want Yeah, that would be so fun. I think so too, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Who would you be if you both swapped lives? I don't fully understand this question because if I swapped lives with you, I'd be you. So yeah, no, I think it's like an incredible painter, someone who doesn't (laughs) kill most of her plants, an amazing cook, a milf, and married to (laughs) Tilo. Oh, I fully answered this question like I was becoming you. You're gonna laugh when you hear my my answer. lives i'd be you so who are you i said i'd be my cat (laughs) (laughs) my big fat cat he's not fat he's just a big cat watson who just like lays around and meows and eats and and plays with the other cat and dog and so hilarious okay oh wow we took very different approaches to that i love it (laughs) okay (laughs) what are you curious about right now I mean, in terms of current hobbies or, like, things I'm exploring, I've been working. I mean, passions. (laughs) What I'm about to say is not fit this, but I've been working on learning to do the splits. That's awesome. (laughs) Front or, or like, like, like front. Like, side? Like, like left foot in front of right foot or the other way around? Or, like, in the middle? Both both sides, not middle. Can you do it yet? We should do it together. That would be a cute pick. I'm pretty close. Yeah, I'm pretty close. I actually, the first time I tried it, I was closer than I actually thought was possible. I'm not that far off. It's just my back leg's kind of crooked. Generally trying to, like, improve my flexibility, I feel like is something that I'm exploring right now. And also, going back to the British baking show and Canadian baking show, I'm highly intrigued by bread and miracle blazes right now so oh my gosh okay so i feel that would be something that i'll be exploring this holiday season i'll I'll share with everybody like a really embarrassing but i guess a really motivational story for me about mirror glazes so a couple years ago i too was into mirror glazes 
and I was going to a friend's birthday party and I was like, I'm going to bake you a mirror glazed cake that's going to have planets inside different layers of cake. And so you do that by baking different like circular, I guess, sheets of cake and then using cake pop molds to make like planets and then kind of inserting them as you bake and then pouring like a galaxy mirror glaze on top of that. Okay. Now, this is when I had like a measly kitchen of a student and I only had like one baking pan. So I literally had to do everything separately and I had put everything together. I did the mirror glaze and we had to drive to Toronto and I guess the timing was just off and like Tila was late and by the time we were headed out, like I don't even know how it worked out, but didn't have enough time to like set and be cold. And so then when we got there, somebody had put it in the freezer instead of the fridge. I don't know why when I made like specific, like it just needs to be in the fridge until it's ready. And there was this really nice guy at the party and he was actually a chef and he was like, we were just chatting, you know, I'm into cooking. And as soon as he found out that he was a chef, we were just like chatting, whatever. And so we were kind of off to the side talking. And so the cake at this point had been taken out. It looked beautiful. It had been cut. Everybody had a piece and stuff. But remember that somebody stuck it in the freezer. Okay. And these two guys were eating it and they're kind of across the room from each other. And the one guy literally took his whole piece of cake and like dropped it into the garbage. And then the other guy was like, yeah, it's gross. And I was like standing right there. Uh, oh my God. Yeah. And I, and I literally just froze because it wasn't like once it thawed out, it tastes a lot better and it was fine. But I was just so like traumatized by that because I was like they knew that I was the one who made it like these these were people I didn't know them personally but they were really close friends of the people that you know it wasn't a large party and the guy beside me he was like he's like they know nothing like don't worry and I was just and that was such a that was such a moment for me sorry to take your oh glazes god. and to make them, oh my god but it no, was just devastating it was right because I was like what an insensitive and so uh if you remember back to the forgiveness episode i talked about my enemy and arch enemy list yeah well those two yahoos made it onto the arch enemy list because that for me that's that's war talk right there (laughs) it was really rough And, and okay so hilarious that you said baking too because i'm totally into baking right now that is one of the things i asked for for christmas is to do like kind of like a really high-end very difficult technical kind of baking class i really want to improve my knowledge of of techniques and kind of explore that world so that you know when somebody whips out a fancy french word i'm like okay yeah you do this you do this you do past just being able to follow a recipe but having this kind of existing knowledge of how to do these things And then the other thing is I'm on a classics kick right now and I've just been enjoying the shit out of like history documentaries. Literally, I've watched The Age of the Samurai. I've watched The Greek and Roman World. I've watched A History of Pirates and it's just been, it's been very good. So I've been really enjoying that. (laughs) Love that. How does the podcast work from start to finish? Do you send episodes to be edited? Generally, we have... Like we said, a lot of the episode ideas and the topics ahead of time. What are we at right now? I think like 30 episodes roughly ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we'll write a framework for the episode. And this we found really helps us kind of stay on track and add in any research information that we may want to include. Whoever basically does that framework will then send it to the other. And then we don't see each other's responses just to keep live reactions as we record. And then after recording, I'll usually do the editing. And really, I'm learning as I go. I've, I had barely any experience 
when I edited our very first episode and editing used to literally take me a few days. Now it takes me roughly three hours for every recorded hour. And then Kim handles 99% of our socials for us. And once in a while, I'll send her an image or an illustration that I would like to see in the feed. And, and then she works her magic. Yeah. So then I guess like after we've like recorded and it's all edited and stuff, usually the night before, we'll quickly text back and forth, putting together kind of a description of everything we kind of went over in the episode. And then that gets loaded onto Anchor, which is a platform that essentially sends it out to wherever you listen to podcasts. So like Apple Music, Spotify, basically goes to all of those platforms once we put it onto Anchor. So we do that and we schedule it to go up at the time that we want to release it at. And that's... That's pretty much it in terms of like putting the episode together. What's something that people misunderstand about you? I don't feel that I'm a particularly misunderstood person. I'm a pretty open book, so I don't feel like people don't get me, mostly because I overshare every detail about myself. (laughs) I suppose with freelancing, sometimes it bugs me when people think I'm just, like, available because I work for myself or don't really see the full picture, but I think the pandemic really changed people's perspectives on that work-from-home life, so I don't really feel that I deal with that as much anymore. And, like, it was never necessarily about me that I felt misunderstood, just more like the career path in general was not totally understood by people and like it could get frustrating but as a human I don't feel that I'm I there's much that people like misunderstand or like assume about me that's wrong yeah I feel like I get vilified a lot that seems to come up fairly I don't know why I like I know I have a strong personality and it's definitely not everyone's cup of tea but there's I've dealt with a lot of like assumption that I'm very like mean or rude and you know, I've had people mm-hmm. tell me that when they met me, they're intimidated or they thought this of me. And then when they actually got to know me, they realized I'm actually nice. And it's like, what? Like, okay. So <laughs> I don't know if that, like, that one's a bit harder. Like, I think in, unless you get feedback from people, like I've gotten that a few times where I've heard back and I'm surprised by it because I don't think that I'm actively doing anything that makes me No, seem... like that surprises me because I've never, I've never had that impression Thank about you. Thank you. Good. <laughs> That makes me feel a lot better. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Next question. (laughs) Do you know any multimedia journalists local to the Waterloo region? (laughs) So we do. I feel like I maybe maybe do. (laughs) So this is from our friend Chris Thompson, ladies and gentlemen. So he works at CTV Kitchener and yeah, great great slipping this question in. He's a good friend of ours. He went to high school with Tilo. We've we've known him for a really long time. All of Tilo's high school friends, I just call them the basketball team because there is not one person under 6 feet tall and I think Chris like caps them out at like 64, 65. Chris, you'll have to correct me. I don't even I want to say 68. I know it's not that tall, but when I give these guys hugs, it's just I'm on my tippy toes and I like barely reach their belly buttons. But <laughs> yeah, I have a picture with them at our launch party and I look tiny. like a tiny human. Like I just tall. look itty bitty and I'm like 5'10". Yeah, and so Chris has been trying to get on the show and so we were laughing and I was like, Chris, you got to give me your elevator pitch. And so he was he was really making us laugh with that. And, you know, he's our our multimedia and our movie aficionado. And he actually lived with me for a couple of years as a roommate. And he drinks an insane amount of coffee. But he appreciates coffee. And he always gets that's our favorite coffee. So shout out to you, Chris, for getting this question in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Next question. 
How do you guys have time for a podcast? Megs has a baby. Kim is working in basket weaving. <laughs> Who put basket weaving in there? <laughs> I mean, short answer, we make it work. Honestly, I feel this is similar to like the gym mentality or like really learning any sort of new learning to draw or something. The question isn't, do you have time for it? The question is, are you willing to make it a priority or not? And that's really the difference. We're both super busy. And sometimes like today, we're squeezing in a recording on a lunch break in the middle of the day. But ultimately, like we make the time because it's important to us and we enjoy doing it. And like, I really do believe that most people, obviously, you know, different situations, different, there's different levels of like privilege involved with this. But like most of the time, if you really want something enough you can make it work and fit it into your life yeah and I think for me I almost do better when I'm super busy you know have an amazing support system one of our good friends growing up she lived across the street from us where we grew up and she actually lives down the street from us now here in Waterloo so we hired her to be Hugo's like kind of part-time nanny and and so when I'm doing work or when I'm recording the podcast then she'll hang out with him as he kind of sleeps or hangs out and I think for me, I enjoy being really busy. I'd go crazy if I wasn't. And so it's not a chore. Or it's not you have to make time for it when, when you really love it. And I think if there's ever a point in time where either of us kind of stop feeling that, that it fits or that it, it works with our lives, that will be when, when we close the chapter on this. And, and for right now, yeah. I'm, I'm, it works and I love it. And, and, I, and I hope to make many more episodes and, and have 1.3 billion followers on Instagram. <laughs> 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 I feel like you just if it makes sense you do it and if you want it there's always time for it yeah exactly so now that kind of wraps up the first part of our show and thank you everybody for writing those awesome questions for us made this episode super easy <laughs> to to record now it's time for the final segment of our show and now for the fuller bath show yay give us more okay <laughs> give us more okay so today we're talking about the ritter sport chocolate bars have you ever heard of them i know i'm gonna need to google them hold on okay wait don't don't the label looks like can i see what the label looks like fine oh yeah okay they sell them at walmart okay so they're known for two pretty iconic things so despite being literal chocolate they've always somehow been able to associate themselves with fitness and the second is that they are always square. They're they're not doing it or like they've been around for a long time and they're not just doing it to stand out that there's actually some like logic behind this very unusual chocolate bar shape. According to BBC, the German company's bars have been square since 1932 when co-founder of Ritter Sport or Ritter Sports Chocolat, as it was known in Germany then, Clara Ritter suggested designing a chocolate bar that would fit perfectly in the pocket of a sports jacket, hence the sport in Ritter Sport. So by being a square, the bar would never risk hanging out or potentially getting broken, unlike the the rectangular or, or oblong counterparts. And so it was born. And after the end of the Second World War, when Alfred and Clara's son Alfred Otto took over, the couple's heir decided to focus heavily on the square bar products, gradually dropping almost everything else that the company made. By 1970, the company was all in on squares, adopting the tagline, Quadrist Praktisch Gut, <laughs> which I'm sure Teal's <laughs> rolling his eyes. Hold on, Quadrist? I can't do it. Whatever, German. They roughly translate to quality chocolate squared 
and it was their UPS and they were smashing it out of the park. And then in the 1990s, they went even further as to trademark the shape of their bars. So when rival German company Milka came out with a square bar in 2010, things got messy. Like the case went to court and there was basically, long story short, Milka won at first, but then the decision was overturned in Ritter's favor. So normally brands in Germany don't, they can't claim products, shapes, that add value. However, because of Ritter's long history and how generations of chocolate lovers had grown to associate their square design with the brand quality, the court made a special case for Ritter square bars. So while it seems like the Ritter shape could have been made on a whim, not only was Clara and her husband thinking about the safety of our chocolate in our pockets, but it ended up boosting their brand image to the point that the law literally made an exception for them when it came to trademarking. And so really the moral of this philomath is, is that you can make anything fit if you just put the time and the thought into it. And that's kind of what this podcast is. And the Ritter's chocolate is just like fitting the podcast into our lives. Oh, okay. Well, I love the message of that story. But my biggest question is who keeps chocolate in their pocket? So yeah, yeah, that's that's the big, <laughs> I guess back then, it's you know, you didn't have. Melt. <laughs> like, this just sounds like a tear. Like, I, I, I love it. But also, don't do that. You're just ruining your job. But I guess it's colder in Germany. Like, Germany's not super hot. So I want to say that if you're out in a sports jacket, which is, like, the last thing that you're wearing that's, like, similar to a coat or, like, your most outer layer, then that's maybe where they're going with it is that it's not something that you'd be wearing. Like, you know, when you go to a a wedding in Canada in in mid-July and it's, like, 43 degrees and everybody's in full tuxedos and it's just disgusting. With chocolate bars in their pocket. Yeah, that that shit would be follow up to that why don't we live in a country where it's so normal that people keep chocolate in their coat pocket that there's a special chocolate bar designed for that because i feel the the recognition that there was a need for sports jacket (laughs) sized chocolate bars says to me that everybody's just walking around with chocolate on deck that's a world I want to live in. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the year of flavor that we're always we're always rooting for. But yeah, so that does conclude the Philomath and this episode. And so again, a big thank you to everybody who came out to the podcast launch party and submitted questions. We're grateful for you and we hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, we're at, at Wits and Podcast and would love for you to follow us along and come say hello there. And leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, please. And thank you so much. Okay, bye-bye now. Bye.